additional coin. It's You honor me with your presence. Grizzly D. Pokemon so tiny hurt so much. Rat Pig. Usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. Is. Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Hey, man, everybody. It's Throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Ziggler, and we are back after a one week hiatus, but that's because we're bringing you two shows this week. Today being Tuesday, another on Thursday because it's NFL free agency. And a lot's already gone down. We're going to talk about it today and plenty more probably to talk about on Thursday. Hopefully some more trades because the trade has been crazy. But I don't, Chris, it, like, what, it feel weird not talking for an entire week. I mean, I, I guess with everybody in the world basically being like house struck at this point, I guess we're all kind of living in the same world right now. Yeah, it's, um, it's been, it's been a crazy couple days. I'm sure, you know, people listening can, can relate to that. So there's been some adjustment, um, on my end and I'm sure on your guys' ends and not talking for the past few days has certainly been different, but man, did we ever get a wake up call in the sports world with that Hopkins trade? I couldn't believe it. I thought it was complete fake news. Yeah, it, that was crazy. It's, it's one of those things that like you always have to check. Is it the actual Adam Schefter that's tweeting that or is it some random fake account? Because, um, you know, you always look for the blue check mark because this is the time of year where fake news is rampant and no one, especially with everybody basically being stuck at home with social distancing, they got nothing better to do than to just throw stuff up on Twitter. So, um, but, but right now, I mean, it, these guys are nailing a lot of this stuff and it's, it's been crazy to watch. Yeah, it definitely has been, and for everybody out there, hopefully staying safe, washing hands and all that stuff, but, you know, at least yes. we do have the NFL to entertain us for a few days. I think this is kind of why they did it, is because you don't need to visit too many people, I guess, for a few medical checks for injured players, but that'll remain to, <clears throat> excuse me, as you can tell, I got a cold before, no, this is before everything, this is a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> still like the, the phlegm hasn't completely gone away, <laughs> but safe, in any Jake. case... Yeah, nice save there. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. There was no fever or anything. I just got one of the stuffy colds or whatever it was. But I'm fine. Hopefully everybody else is fine in the NFL. By the way, I forgot to mention, at Chris Meany for Chris Meany, at Brad Ziegler for myself, and I'm at All In Kid. And by the way, over at The Athletic, there's a lot of free stuff going on. They're, all the teams, if you want to go look, have covered and put out their favorite article, which has been unlocked and free for you guys, for all you people in the freeverse. And also, if you still want to do sign up, we like, like, we fancy baseball drafts are still going. We don't know when the season might kick off, but you can still get that over there. You can get the breakdown of the free agency, which we're talking about today over there. Going to have my entire rookie breakdown because the draft is still happening. So all that stuff is still there. So you can go over to theathletic.com slash the throwback name of the show to get your discount. But, uh, where do you got, do, do we want to, here, I'll, I'll give you the choice, Chris. Uh, you're the friendly Canadian to the north. Do you want to go? In the order of these things that they kind of happened, or do you want to have it kind of like preferential treatment? Let's go with order. Order? Let's go with order? All right. Well, we'll go order, and then we'll go preferential treatment. Haha, <laughs> we'll do both. How about that? So, <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> franchise tags. The big franchise tags, none of them were expected. One of them not so much, but we can get to all. We'll talk about all of them. Derek Henry, Dak Prescott, A.J. Green, Hunter Henry all got slapped with a tag. The Dak Prescott is with the hopes of still working out a contract, but if anything, you know, we'll also talk about Mari Cooper when we get to him. But Kenny Drake got hit with a tag, but transitional, so his is a little bit different. But essentially, 
we know after the trade that he'll be there. But so Derrick Henry, franchise tag, they re-signed Tannehill. That's actually the very, very first one, Chris, to that point, is Tannehill is the first one out of the gate because they signed before anything even started. So it's just this, you know, business as usual. We know what to expect because, you know, I feel I don't think there's any chance in the world that Ryan Tannehill continues with that touchdown ratio he had. Yeah, I don't think there's any chance either. Uh, it's crazy, you know, in a, such a small sample size of him being good, and he was good with the Titans, that he got the kind of contract that he got. But it is the business, obviously. Um, we called this on the show last week that Henry would get the tag and Tannehill would get the contract with the Titans. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know where he's going to go in drafts. I'm not going to view him as, as a QB1. I'm not going to feel comfortable. I know right now, and things are going to happen. There's more quarterbacks, obviously, to, to change teams. But I know right now, pretty feel pretty confident that I don't view him as a QB1, and I'm not going to feel great if he is my quarterback one in fantasy. Maybe super flex league, whatever. Um, but I still can't take away too much of – I don't want to take – let me put this in a different way. I don't want to take a whole lot away from what he did. He was great. He was a great fit for the offense. But I agree with you. I, I think, you know, we'll probably definitely see a step back. Yeah, I, I would agree. It'll it'll be interesting to see how how this all shakes out because there's so many dominoes left to fall. And it, it, it seems like everybody's still kind of waiting on Brady to sign. And when Brady signs, then then – Everything else is going to happen really quick, and it, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen as soon as we're done recording because it'll give us a ton of stuff to talk about on Thursday. But it, it's just, it's just nuts right now. There's, there's so many. It's like every five minutes on Twitter, something else is breaking. Yeah. So, all right, then Derrick Henry side of things, first rounder. It, I mean, move middle up the first round, or I mean, you look at him. Another person whose touchdown rate was off the charts. Now, granted, he was inside the top 10 for rushes inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, inside the 5-yard line, but also one of the highest touchdown rates. They did lose Jack Conklin. We're not talking too much fantasy-wise for the skill positions, but that is worth mentioning here. Uh, Derek Henry, first rounder for you, Brad? Uh, I'm sure I, I could see at the end of the first round, but there are I, – I really don't like paying that for my – I don't like having him as my RB1. I'll say that. And I just, it's, it's a gut feeling, but I just feel like after all the, the 400 plus carries that he had last year, I'm really nervous that he's going to get hurt. And I think there's a really good chance they draft a guy like a JK Dobbins or a Clyde Edwards Hilaire or somebody that has a, a pretty good receiving profile, but can also be kind of a, a bell cow type back and, and be a good backup for him because I don't see, they're, they're definitely going to bring somebody in. I mean, it, they, you know, they released Deion Lewis. I don't even know if they have any other running backs on the roster. So, um, just for depth, and I could just see it being somebody that, that not eats into his time, but like if he's banged up down the stretch again, or, or maybe, you know, something, something more serious where he misses a lot of time, they have somebody they're completely confident in because they, I mean, that's an AFC championship team. That, you know, they got to the AFC championship this year. They feel like they're just a little bit away from, from being a Super Bowl team, and and so they don't want to rock the boat, and they want to give themselves plenty of depth. And I just feel like after giving him all the carries last year, they've got to do something, you know, with, with a, a front line back, and not like a, um, you know, the the this kind of the scrub free agents that are left for a couple million dollars after everybody else is signed. 
Yeah, I think the Conklin loss is it's it's not huge, but I'm glad you brought it up, Jake. It is it is something certainly to consider. I know Pro Football Focus had him graded as a top ten at his position. Obviously, he's a big part of of the offensive line and what they want to do in in Tennessee. So him going to Cleveland, I think it's a it's a win for the Browns and it's it's a loss from that offensive line. I still view him as a back end RB one. I think if you're in a full point PPR to a half point PPR, that may be the difference where you just like okay, maybe I'll pass on him. Um, you know, at the seven, eight spot and, or I'll take a wide receiver or I'll, I'll consider Jacobs or Eckler or, 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 or anybody else in, into that range. But I still think that he's going to be, um, an RB1, a top 12 running back for sure. Well, to play a little bit of devil's advocate with that, he did average the second most fancy points per game in half, even with yeah. the, the situation that we saw. A lot of it touchdown base, but led the league 1540 rushing over Nick Chubb. Who you mentioned that, you know, he gets that, but now also Kareem Hunton's back there as a sidebar for that. They gave him the second round tender, so don't think anybody's trying to pay up for Kareem Hunt, at least also in this draft. So, alright, so let's just say you're on the clock and 10th pick, or either of you guys taking Derrick Henry? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll say yes. I, I mean, I took him in that locker uh, yeah, a couple I months ago at him. 8 maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pick 10, that's probably the, the earliest I would think about it. There's, before that, there's even a couple receivers I would take over him. Um, but I, you know, I pick 10, 11, I, I'm getting into the range where I'll be able to get somebody pretty comparable on the way back. Um, you know, a, a Fournette, Eckler, that kind of guy. So, um, I would be completely content doing that at that, that late in the first. All right, so then on the other side of things with the Cowboys, it, everything looks completely the same. Dak Prescott's back. Amari Cooper's back. Uh, Amari Cooper gets the big deal. Dak Prescott still in limbo. Uh, now, for what the Cowboys are be able to do and have to let Byron Jones walk, that's not really, again, what we're talking about for fancy purposes. So is there really even much to get into here, you know, Chris? Like, look, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper back together again is exactly what we know. Uh, or is it just, I'll put it this way. You know how I feel about Amari Cooper. Says status quo, let somebody else draft him because he's going to finish as a wide receiver one, yet you don't pay that price because he's not a wide receiver one when it comes to fantasy because the up and down is just not worth it. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page. I, don't, I think you're dead on. I don't think we have to even dive too much into this. We've been talking about it for the past few episodes. Is everything is Dak is back, Cooper's back, like you said. I know they lost Randall Cobb, but... I'm not, I'm not really interested in any of these guys. I mean, it, I'm not going to draft Dak as a top five quarterback. I don't think he's going to go that way, but it's nice for him to have his boy in Amari Cooper. And I'm not going to deal with the inconsistencies of Amari Cooper, unfortunately. Wait, do you think Dak isn't going to cost that or do you think Dak isn't going to finish top five? I don't think he's going to cost it. I can't see him getting drafted as a top five. I'd feel more comfortable as like, you know, after those first few go off the board here, Lamar, Mahomes, obviously Kyler's going right, to so get So let me that ask you one boost. thing then. And we're like try to avoid. We're going to get to the trade here in a second. Yeah. And if you're taking your quarterback, I don't care about cost. Just straight up quarterback versus quarterback. Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson next year. Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I I probably would lean Dak in that situation. Brad, right now. Yeah, right now you. I feel like you have to go with Dak. Deshaun Watson doesn't really have any receiving options. It's. I mean, he's got Will Fuller, who we can count on for five games, and. No, 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 hold on. It. Don't, like, don't jump ahead. When are we going to get to that? Hold on. I just I wanted for that for now. For yeah, right now. Like I, yeah. I, I'm not even, I don't even Dak, think it's close. Just... I think it's easy, Dak. Uh, are Dak, you in, yeah. oh, by the way, before I ask Brad, Chris, cause I'm going to ask Brad the same question. For the three games that Amari Cooper scored 20 plus points, do you know how much that accounted for his entire season? What percentage? Oh my goodness. Uh, jeez. That's a great question. It, it's got to be at least half. 
Well, give yeah. me a number. Yeah, I would. I would 50, even go fifty-seven percent. I'll go sixty-five. <laughs> you both overshot forty point six, which is still absurd. Still pretty high. Yeah. Wow. Still a lot. 40, yeah, for 40, three games. Yeah, forty percent is three games. So, Brad, where are you on Cooper in this situation? Because they also for the fact that Michael Gallup outplayed him quite a bit down the stretch. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, and Cooper was. It, it seemed like he was banged up pretty good. You know, he he uh, he was not healthy at the end of the year. Um, that being said, I mean, was, he's going to cost probably a third round pick to get him, uh, maybe a fourth. I'm, I'm trying to look in. He's a four point four was where he went in my latest best ball. That's way too high for me. There's too much risk there. There's just too much volatility. I would rather have Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, or going after him, Juju. I'd even take a shot on Juju if Big Ben's healthy. Um, I would take all those guys ahead of Cooper because I don't, I don't want the three or four games that Cooper's going to be in my lineup to go with the the twelve games that he won't. He well, wasn't healthy from the start. Every week. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. true too. So, well, Chris, you were the and again for all intents and purposes, the relative for Chris was down on Juju Smith-Schuster, not expecting Ben Roethlisberger to get hurt. And, you know, your concern was Kenny Handel being the number one. So, just the cost for everybody out there. You even said that he could probably still finish as a wide receiver one. I say all that because would you go Amari Cooper or Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah, that that one's that one's still tough for me. Um, I'm I'm still gonna have similar views, honestly, with Juju. If unless they really kind of beef up the wide receiver group there, and Ben is another year older, I'm not sold that he can come in and be productive. So I I would probably go Amari, but both of those guys are completely off my radar. I don't want either of them. But you're right when you talk about Cooper, it's like you have to put him in your lineup. That questionable tag. I mean, we dealt with it towards the end of last season. We've dealt with it before last season as well. And he was hurt before the season started. Remember, we started hearing about his his foot injury, and and if he was going to play, he was going to have to play through the entire season like that. So it's just. It's so annoying when you get to like week 12 and 13 and this guy is questionable and you don't know if he's going to be a full go, but you just like, ah, you know, you see his upside and you play him there. I just don't want to deal with that. All right. Yeah, so I, I'm taking Juju. Give me the upside because I, I don't think Cooper has any upside. I'll take Cooper it's, there if I had to choose the two, but I'm not interested. You're not interested? All right. So no. Hunter Henry. Uh, status quo until we know what the quarterback situation is going to be. I mean, there's kind of a lot up in the air. Let's put it this way. He's at least top 10 no matter who the quarterback is, right? Yes, I would say. As long as he plays. Yeah. I think that's the biggest question. Yeah, if he's healthy, I consider him top five upside at the position. Yeah, especially like there's Jordan Rodriguez, who's the the, uh, Panthers uh, beat writer that – she she sent something out that the feeling at the combine was that the best fit for for Cam Newton – if it was a possible trade or release and sign scenario was the chargers. And that was kind of the, the consensus feeling of everybody around there. That would be a really interesting fit. Cause that's a guy who loves his tight end. He's, I mean, he threw to Greg Olson for a decade and, and now he's, if he has Hunter Henry, who's, who's basically a, a more athletic yeah, we don't Greg want to Olson. Speculate yet, Cause we might have to change course on Thursday. So yeah, that's, <laughs> and that's true. But it, it's just somebody like that, that has a history of throwing to the tight end makes Hunter Henry potentially a top five tight end. I don't think I could put him there with the injury history, even with that, because uh, we'll talk about tight ends more later on. So let's just actually, you know, kind of get through this tag. This is going to be hard to to cross over with a lot of these things. But the last two, I don't think we could cross over much. A.J. Green. So uh, for your breakdown, everybody out there that hasn't checked it out for the tracker, like I said, I have the franchise tags, the free agency, the trades. They're all in different sections. But... For A.J. Green, I get your guys' opinion. I think that if you're looking at him, we know A.J. Green 
top 10 talent. We don't know what A.J. Green is anymore, and we're about to talk about the trade. And I told Pat this yesterday, uh, Chris, is the fact that I think that he and David Johnson are actually the same player for different positions. I think you want them as your three to pay that price. They could be a one, but I don't think anybody's going to let them fall to being a three. I think both of them are going to get, if they even show somewhat being 90% healthy, somebody's going to draft them as a two. Yeah, oh yeah. I, and then there's, you know, everybody has this guy in their league who just loves a player. And I have a couple of those friends in, in my leagues that just, they love AJ Green and they see that upside and they won't let him slip. Even last year, knowing that there was a, a chance that he was going to miss half the season, there were still people out there that, that wanted to get a piece of AJ Green in the first few rounds just to have him and stash him. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I feel a lot better if he's wide receiver three. I don't view him as a wide receiver one anymore. He's going to be working with Burrow as a rookie quarterback. It's going to be, um, you know, it, it's going to take some time probably for those two to get on the same page. But I would feel decent about him as my wide receiver three if I could get him in the seventh or eighth round. But honestly, I don't know if if that's going to be the case. I feel like he'll probably go in the first five, six rounds. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I um, I don't know. I, I'm just – everything just feels kind of flustered right now because everything is just going nuts and, and it's like – I feel like five minutes later, I would change my opinion when new news breaks. So Where's he going in your best balls? Of... Where's he going in your best? Do you have any shares of those twenty-one leagues? Do you have any shares of of AJ? Uh, yeah, but I I got him whenever I was getting him in like the eighth and ninth round, and now he's moved up into like the sixth round, mm-hmm. and that's that's too early for me. It's just um, I like I like what they're potentially doing, assuming they're going to draft Joe Burrow, setting him up with weapons. I. There's no question. They must believe he's healthy if they're going to go and, and pay him after after what he put them through last year. And so they must feel like he's healthy and ready to go because otherwise, what's the point? Like they're, you know, they're, they would be better off just letting him walk and not, not having that cap money eaten up and, and going and signing Robbie Anderson or somebody. So I feel so. like they're a little bit hesitant on the fence because I felt like, I feel like if they were, if they thought he was truly healthy, that they would just lock him up. But, I mean, he hasn't played for a full year. He's had injury issues the year before that, Jake. You alluded to it. So I think they're a little uneasy about the health of him and just, okay, we'll slap the tag because they have all the money in the world, the Bengals. <laughs> they're trying to sign guys right now, and there's nobody wants to go there. They, they have money to get this done. It's just I think they're a little hesitant. Yeah, unlike the Dolphins, they're actually not really getting oh, much. Yeah, <laughs> the Dolphins. Where are we, what's too early for you, Jake? Is fifth, sixth too early for A.J. Green? Uh, no, six is fine. Fifth is probably a little bit too early, but I'd take him to six. Yeah. I told you I want him as a three, and I think that's about three-ish yeah. right there because you can go two running backs and even a tight end, three and three, and get your quarterback. So I think six, when I say three, I say six sounds about right. And But like I said, I don't know that he's going to last that long. I think by the time if he shows up on the field, if he's out there, well, who knows what training camp's going to be like. But, I mean, if he's out there and practicing – you know, I think the hype, the, the helium is going to push him up just from the excitement. The and reportedly, like Joe, Joe, what? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no, reportedly, in like from the one of the Bengals shows, uh, hear that podcast growling. I mean, he was on that show as a show I produced with Paul Daniel Jr. and Jay Morrison. And he said he's not going to if they. Ta- he's his quote was, "You tag me, I'm not here." OTAs. Like I don't care that you know Joe is in here and a rookie quarterback. I don't care about any of that. You tag me, I'm not OTAs, and we'll talk about training camp and all that stuff. Yeah. So that's not yeah. a good maybe sign. He, maybe he just knew OTAs was going to be canceled anyways. <laughs> yeah, <maybe. laughs> he's like, ah, I ain't yeah. coming. Yeah, he's, he's on so, the ball. But uh, Colin Cowherd just said Brady's made his decision. So 
It'll yeah, be whatever. interesting to see if that, that pops I'll tweet, I'll, I'll tweet that he made his decision, too. And just like the one that was the tweet the other day, like, oh, there's going to be shocking news. You're going to be surprised by everything. Like, like, oh, thanks. That's not telling us anything. I could tweet out the same damn thing. All right. <laughs> so last one, Kenyon Drake. And this is going to pivot perfectly right into the trade. Kenyon Drake, Arizona Cardinals transition tag. He is the lead option next year. He was the lead option essentially since he came over last year. And David Johnson's not any, there anymore, which we're going to talk about that trade right after this. But here's the thing, Brad. You, I gave you guys to guess the number when it came to Amari Cooper. Do you want to guess what Kenyon Drake's three-game score accounted for his entire season? Then that's even accounting for what he did without the Cardinals his entire season. What did those three games account for? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to say it was higher than – than Amari Cooper. So I'll go like 51%. I'm going to stick with 57%. Mm, Brad was closer. Ah, 50%. Actually, 50.3%. He scored 24.2, 31.9, and 39.1 in three games. And, and, excuse me, he had quite a few single-digit scores. So, yes, he looked good. He looked great at times with the Cardinals. Inconsistency was certainly all over the map. He was their best option, but now he's their best option with also no David Johnson, but there really wasn't much David Johnson down the stretch anyway. So, Brad, Kenya Drake, where do you put him next year? I say he's a mid-upper RB2. There's no way I'm putting him inside the top 10, despite that's actually where he would have finished because he was RB4 since he arrived with the Cardinals. But again, 50%, and that's 50% like with his Cardinals, that actually jumps to about 60%. Uh, for me, he's a, a low end RB one. I'd put him around maybe eleven or twelve. Um, that I think that offense is potentially just going to go nuts this year. So um, it, it's I, I want a piece of it. I think I think they're going to score a lot of points. He proved he can be a pass catcher out of the backfield. He proved he could handle the load. They obviously like him. Um, I yeah, I, I would put him at least in the top twelve, if not not even a little higher. I think you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think? I feel like 80% of the fantasy community is definitely going to be drinking this Kool-Aid with Arizona. It kind of is reminding me a little bit of of the Browns this time last year. You see it, you see the appeal, the upside, it's exciting. I kind of lean with Jake. I, I definitely I can't sit here and say that I don't feel like he'll be a top 12 running back like a low end RB1. He like he has that upside. DJ's gone. He can catch all those things that Brad just talked about. But I'm not willing to spend a first round pick on on or second round for me yeah on drake i think i could go low and second like i'm picking early first and like i see you know mccaffrey and barkley i i can definitely get behind my second rb you know in a round where you have to make the decision i guess on jones or mixon i can see myself going that way but i don't think i'll have to make the choice yeah, I, I don't think we'll have to make the choice. I think he'll just be gone. <laughs> like, at the end of the first, early second, I think he'll just be gone because of that upside. I, and I feel like a lot of the, you got Hopkins there. I mean, we're talking about all these guys, but Kyler is going to be now a top three quarterback. Like, you're going to have to pay the price on one of these guys. And for Drake, I just, it's, it's a little bit of a small sample size for me, but I, I can get behind, um, a solid RB2. I'd feel a lot better if he was my RB2. Chris Carson or Kenyon Drake? Ooh, I, I probably go Drake there, and I'm a big Carson fan. I need to see him uh, healthy and see what they do. Um, Drake, you and you can – I mean, you can get Carson in the bottom of the third round right now. So yeah. – I or at least the middle of the third. Um, so you could have them both theoretically. It's – it's that's that's pretty right, – Then basically – I would his, like those as my running backs. I'll say that. Let's say his doppelganger out with the Packers, Aaron Jones or Kenyon Drake. Uh, I'll, I'll probably go Drake. 
Um, I just I think Jones is in for a monster regression. Um, but it, it's uh, I, I'll I'll go Drake in that scenario. But I would probably put him back to back. You know, I could see taking yeah. taking Jones right after that. Yeah, that's where I see like that tough decision being made in around that you know where Jones Jones and so make it. are available. I will say Drake right now. Austin Eckler or Drake? I'll probably go Eckler there. Brad? Uh, I'll go Eckler, but that's uh, close. That's okay. I, I would just put him on the other side. So here's the thing: is like I think they're let's go like McCaffrey, Cook, Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, Henry, Chubb, Mixon, Fournette, Jacobs, Eckler. Does Drake trump any of those guys? Not for me, Brad. Hmm. No, just say no. I put him over <laughs> Jacobs. I put him over Jacobs. You God, you're such a hater. You are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god! That depends. Is 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 uh, Jameis Winston going to be the new Raiders quarterback? Then then maybe Doesn't I would matter. take him. No, Doesn't Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Doesn't matter who it is. No, I, Josh Jacobs uh, with all like, and they already said he's going to he's going to be used how he should have been. It's brought back Jalen Richard, didn't they? Didn't they resign Jalen Richard? Uh, if it did, it got kind of like pushed under the rug, like it should be. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> they, they did bring back Richard. They did bring uh, back Richard. So I will say this. The, so even if you take him out, we're still talking about eleven running backs. And I'm, again, this is it. This is the question for you, especially Brad. And we're going to be talking about this coming shortly with the rookies. I know right now. I will confidently say right now. I don't know where they are going to land or which two it's going to be, but there will be two rookies I would take before I took Drake. Between Taylor, the Taylor, big one of them, yeah. Between the big three of Swift, Taylor, and Dobbins, or potentially where that next trio lands. I mean, in the right situation, everybody's talking about. If you put Eclair with the Chiefs, everybody's going to go bananas and take him. Like, there's there's no question about it. So, I'm saying there's going to be two rookies with landing spots depending on where they are. I don't know if it's all going to come from the big three or we're not. So I would say two, and that's why. For all that, this is why where I'm coming with you, Brad, is if we're only talking non-rookies, I could see you saying 12. But if we're talking rookies, too, that's where I say that he's going to end up around that, like that 15 range. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, so Taylor was really interesting after the combine because I was got him, I got him in the fourth round of literally every draft I had prior to the combine. After the combine, he is not getting out of the second round. And, and that's, that's pretty bold solely because of, like I believe he's the best spot. I think he's almost like a Barkley type prospect. Um, but I, but I don't land? without knowing where he's going. Yeah, like if he goes to the Dolphins, I don't know that I want to have him this year. I do oh, like I do. him, you know, from a dynasty standpoint. But I I don't know, and and maybe like I I you know evaluate a little bit. But if he goes to the Lions or somebody like that, then I don't want him in 2020 because I want to see how that shakes out first. And you know, but if he goes to you know, I saw a mock yesterday where he went to the Chiefs at 32. Like, my gosh, could you land a better spot for a rookie? Oh, like, he'd be top five. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he'd be a top five overall pick at that point. Yeah. All right. So, I, I, you know what? There's there's one we didn't bring up, Chris. Le'Veon Bell or Kenyon Drake? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with Drake there. Bell may be in just worse place for me, so I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I had some Bell shares last year and I was you just know, frustrated all, with. For all the hate that he got last year, and he did finish like yeah, he was consistent. Miserable. He just didn't get the big blow up games. He basically, yeah, he basically finished between I think nine and eighteen every single game except for one. So yeah, it wasn't. It was it fine. Wasn't, it was just, yeah. yeah, he just didn't get that big blow up game. You know, looking at the predictions from Drake, though, 
for a couple weeks. Yeah, you would risk Drake. Yeah, I would too. Drake was the pretty much the only prediction I think I'll, I'll get right for for all of this. Um, but when I said it, I I did talk about DJ being gone. We'll get into that in a little bit. But are are we just bypassing the fact that Chase Edmonds is still in this roster? Like, is he just going to no, be a non-factor what, at all? I'm with He's you. He's going to be a player in this offense still. Well, and that's why I'd, I I am not. 100% sold on Drake as being an RB1 because I do think Chase Edmonds is involved because Chase Edmonds was involved last year. And I think if you look at it, there's two ways. you could. I mean, you could pick which way you want to spin it. Do you want to spin it and say, well, you know, the two best games for Drake were when he touched the ball, actually carried the ball over 20 times and actually looked better in those games than he did most of the season? Or do you want to say, well, look at more of the games where it was 12 carries, 13 carries, 11, 10, 15, 6, and, you know, David Johnson and Chase Edmonds being sprinkled in, and they like Chase Edmonds. They keep talking about Chase Edmonds, and is that the issue there? Like, again, look, they might draft somebody in the fifth round and throw this all out of whack and surprise everybody. But I think the biggest concern I have is I don't know that the team is or should be treating Drake as a bell cow for the entire year. Yeah, and I mean, he's never, we could, we could say the same thing that we, we kind of said about Damian Williams before, right? He's never been a bell You know, cow that's a before. good point, Chris. For everybody, like, let's ask Brad. Come on, Brad. For everybody, like, everybody was out there, oh, you're, you're stupid to say Damian Williams hasn't touched the ball, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he just hasn't been healthy. Doesn't mean he can't do it. Nobody's saying that about Drake. I'm not coming after you. I'm just saying, hey, like, you know, this is kind of a, Chris brings up a really good point. That's a good comparison to say is we'll talk about Drake. Drake just hit a career high with 220 touches last year. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that it is a good comparison. I don't, I don't think I like Drake, but I don't think he's as talented as Damian Williams. I also think that offense is going to be a lot more pass heavy. And, and I'm with Chris. I think Chase Evans is going to be a factor and I've tried to grab him everywhere I could in, in the double digit rounds. Um, just because of, of the 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 possibility of the upside there, especially if Drake gets hurt, we've already proven proven that that it can be good. So um, it's I don't know. It, it it'll be ah, give me for for twenty twenty give give me a chance um, give me a chance on on Drake in in twenty twenty because I think the Chiefs are going to bring somebody in and Damian Williams is going to end up being a handcuff. Yeah, we don't talk too much about handcuffs on this show, but I guess, like, I understand that you're going to spend that pick maybe, you know, if something happens to him and it is Chase Evans' backfield, you have a, a solid back. But, I mean, I just don't like to – and I just think the hype train is going to be there, Jake. I just feel like Brad's not going to be alone here on, on him being an RB1. I just – to spend that pick, he it has to play out perfectly. So, let's see. Rappaport, six minutes ago. The Panthers are finalizing a deal with Teddy Bridgewater to be their starting quarterback. Yeah, there you go three for years, sixty million. So wow. let's just so. since it's breaking, let's jump ahead of Hopkins and we'll come back to Hopkins in a second. This is why Chris is going to put the timestamps in for you guys. But <laughs> yeah. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, look, Cam Newton's going to be somewhere else. Where do we want to go? You know what? Let's start with the wide receivers. Let's start with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel certainly didn't break out. Chris, DJ Moore kind of did. DJ Moore also did with. Essentially, no Cam Newton for most of the year. Teddy Bridgewater, though, him and himself, we've seen. Teddy Bridgewater, for all intents and purposes, you know how I feel about him, is a lesser version of Jameis Winston. Instead of getting 30 and 30, you're probably going to get 20 and, well, 15. I want to say 20 and 20. But, you know, he's never been somebody that throws for a ton of touchdowns. People question his big arm, or like the lack of. So this fit here in Carolina, 
it's good. I don't, I actually think this is, hey, status quo, Christian McCaffrey is the number one. This is good for him. But what about everybody else? Because I don't think it's necessarily that much of an improvement despite how poor the quarterback play was last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that much of an improvement at all, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm not, maybe I don't like Teddy as much as everybody else. I was impressed that he came in and he did a good job with the Saints and they won football games, but there were some games where really they just won on the defense alone. I mean, look at the game log. He beat Jacksonville 13 to 6. He beat Dallas 12 10. You know, threw for, he had 23 for 30 against the Cowboys, threw for 193, had 177 yards a game before that. He didn't have to do a whole lot. This is good news for Christian McCaffrey. The offense is definitely going to run through him. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be excited about him from a fantasy standpoint. I think he can take care of the ball and be a game manager. There's a, a connection there with the offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. He was, you know, he was with the Saints in 2018, so obviously he feels comfortable with Bridgewater being his quarterback. But I think the only Carolina guy apart from CMC that'd be interested in is DJ Moore. I don't think it hurts him too much. I think he, the offense, you know, if they're throwing, it's it's definitely going to be him. I don't know about Curtis Samuel. I'm, I'm not, not going to be crazy about him in drafts. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I don't want him as my as my QB one by any means, but I I do think this is this is good for everybody in Carolina because I think he's a significant upgrade over Kyle Allen. Um, well, I don't, yeah. you know, it, and that that's the thing. Like we saw, I mean, DJ Moore was a a an elite wideout last year with Kyle Allen as his quarterback the whole season, and it was I I just think it, upgrade that it's going to make him better. Curtis Samuel, they're probably going to draft another wide receiver because they need a third guy. Put Samuel in the slot, like. I want all the pieces of this offense, especially with the, the Joe Brady offense that's coming in. And, um, I, I just, I think it's a, I, I would love to have Bridgewater as a high upside QB two, because I, I think there's a chance that he, he sneaks into the QB one scenario with all the weapons around him. Mm, guess what? Couldn't disagree with you guys more. I don't think, I think this is status quo. I, I think that's the third time I've said that. But do you guys know what Kyle Allen's pa- passing like rate was for 13 games if he would have played 16? 4,088 yards. Do you know what his touchdowns would have been? 21. I don't think Tyler, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's that much better than that. I don't think Teddy Bridgewater's throwing for 4,500 yards. I definitely don't think he's throwing for 30 touchdowns. I I, I actually I don't, don't think, think that either. I agree. I don't see think this. That way, I don't think this is that much of an upgrade at all. I definitely think it does help for some of the down games. Like, I definitely don't think that Teddy's going to have the floor that Kyle Allen had. And so then you get more consistency out of DJ Moore and maybe some consistent, some consistency out of him, that being Curtis Samuel. But you're also talking about Ian Thomas, the tight end position. Christian McCaffrey is still going to get so many targets out of the backfield. I, I, does that change your opinion, Brett, or are you staying true? Because I still think that Christian McCaffrey is getting 120, 130 plus. He had 143 targets last year. So 120 plus there. It's basically DJ Moore. And then if you're getting Kyle Allen over 16 games, and that's, again, if you disagree, because that's, I think, who Teddy Bridgewater is, is Kyle Allen of last year over 13, over 16 games, 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns. There's really not that much more to give Curtis Samuel. Um, I would agree. I agree with the the concept, except for Kyle Allen got progressively worse after a, a really good start. There was sure he, he was not very good at the end of the year, and that to me is is something like his numbers would have actually been better had you projected him, you know, take his first eight games or whatever and project that over sixteen. So, what, so you know what you know what we're end, doing, and, Brad? You know what we're doing with Teddy? We're flattening the curve. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the the hashtag of the day. Yeah. So the day so we, of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But we but we because of that, I think they saw that as teams got film on Kyle Allen, they were able to kind of figure him out a little bit 
Bridgewater has has had a sustained, pretty consistent career. I think the arc of a of a whole season, he's better than Kyle Allen, and because Allen, it's kind of like these other guys we were talking about that stuffed some really good games in in, in bunches, and then were very mediocre or, or non-existent in others. That was Kyle Allen's season. I mean, he had a couple monster games, um, and and then had a couple games where like, all sprinkled throughout there where you didn't want to touch him. And I just think Bridgewater's a lot more consistent than that. But I'll give you I'll give you one more thing. Again, yeah, that's what I said was consistency. I'll give you one more thing for him. Uh, for Teddy Bridgewater, 15 points per game playing for the Saints. And then here's the other one. This is the this is and this is talking about Teddy Bridgewater and his arm. I'll get this is another. We'll play a game. We'll do another one. We'll see if we could get like a winner here for you, Chris, because you're over two so far. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> you, air yards per completion average last year. What do you think it was? Uh, seven. Brad? Yeah, it's, that's about right. Uh, eight. Oh, uh, you should have undercut him. 4.8! It's terrible. Yeah, it's, that's, I mean, he, he was throwing the ball short a lot. There's no question. But I, I almost feel like, so, so Joe anything, Brady was the OC on, in, let's, let's in New Orleans a couple years ago. Let's work through this, Brad. If anything, hearing a number like that, and the Christian McCaffrey, like we've, I think we're all agreed. By the way, Philip Rivers finalizing a deal with the Colts. There we go. This is mm. going to keep rolling through. Um, so what we're talking about here, if Curtis Samuel is playing at a slot and DJ Moore is spending more time downfield, do we maybe downgrade DJ Moore and upgrade Curtis Samuel as we talk? Yeah, that would be it? bad. Yeah, that would be bad. Yes, that that would if that's the case and that's gonna how it's gonna play out. But I mean, I feel like the offense, apart from CMC, you got to get the ball in DJ's hands, and if you can't throw the or Moore's hands, if you can't throw the ball downfield and they're going to have to adjust. I don't know. They must feel like he's a fit for the offense. I, I'll have zero shares of Teddy Bridgewater, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> well, you have zero like, shares <laughs> of DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. I, I'll have, have zero. Sh- yeah. Yeah. I may have more of Samuel because he's probably going to be a little bit cheaper, but I'm not intrigued. Yeah, that's – but Samuel's like – I mean, you're talking a 10th round pick or a 3rd round pick. And so yeah. it, you're if you feel like right Samuel's now. even got a chance – yeah, true. But I, I don't see that Bridgewater signing there is going to raise Samuel's draft stock a lot. And so with that being the case, you're still going to be able to get him pretty late. He's not going to jump into the, the top 24 wide receivers or anything. So um, I think his upside, we I think we saw DJ Moore's ceiling last year. As as far as like if Bridgewater comes in, it's not going to jump a lot. That that basically is he's a really good receiver, but he's not going to be way higher than that. Um, Bridgewater still made Michael Thomas relevant um, the whole time he was there. It's, one person. I, I I think big slot too. I, yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, we'll you know we'll see, but I I think I think Curtis Samuel actually it it does raise his ceiling quite a bit, and that's if you can still get him in the double digit rounds, that's a really good upside pick, and I and I think a, probably a fairly safe floor unless they go out and, and draft a, a Judy or Lamb or somebody where they you know and they're picking at seven. I can't imagine them taking a receiver that high, um, but it, it's. If they go out and and get somebody that that pushes him away. Yeah, they need somebody to help on defense. Yeah, for sure. All right, so then let's talk about the Colts. We still haven't even talked about DeAndre Hopkins in that trade yesterday because, (laughs) hey, this is kind of fun. Uh, You know what the fun part about this is? is What what do you say before we started? What did I tell both of you before we started? I know you agreed. I know that's like the only one I've said it. But we talked about this. Is like, what the hell? What? Why even have legal tampering? These are all being announced. It's not like this is going to happen on Wednesday. Oh, wait, just in case, and it changes. Like there's All these deals are being announced as done, and we haven't even hit free agency. Just get rid of it. And Whatever. Anyway. Philip Rivers to the Colts. Philip Rivers had his worst season 
basically I'm looking back since what 2012. The 2012 was also just a miserable season in general. That was actually the worst season of his career since he became like a full time starter and actually broke out in 2008. That was the only time since 2008 that he didn't throw for 4,000 yards for everybody. But threw for 4,600 yards last year, which is actually one of his higher marks. But 23 touchdowns and 20 interceptions, Chris, throwing to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and Austin Eckler, and at times Melvin Gordon, and twice, I think, maybe Hunter Henry. But you look at that, and you throw them on the Colts, and you're like, okay, this should be good for the Colts of what we saw from Jacoby Brissett, but is it that good? I mean, and we're talking about T.Y. Hilton and company. you got to figure this team is addressing wide receiver position at some point in the draft, if not elsewhere. But is this necessarily that much of an upgrade? <laughs> No, <laughs> I'm, not inter- I'm not interested at all. This is another guy that I won't have anything, any shares of Philip Rivers. Oh, like, I, I just, don't think I don't think anybody wants Philip Rivers in fantasy. This is more for like yeah. Ty Hilton and company, whatever the company might be. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ty could be okay, but it's probably going to be same status quo as a guy who's who's been. There's been inconsistencies in his game. He's been hurt. He's been in and out of the lineup a couple times now over the past three or four years, unfortunately. And for Philip Rivers, I just don't think he has that zip on the ball anymore. No. Uh, I'm going to no, tell you who just, this benefits yeah. in a little bit. It, it benefits does. whoever's the running back is going to be able to get all the training. Hines. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, no that's, there's there somebody else. But Oh, yeah, that, that's a good call for Naeem Hines. But I'll, I'll give yeah, you that. Yeah, or Doyle, Jack Doyle. Or, or no, well, Jack yeah, Doyle, obvious. No, wide receiver. I'll tell you. Yeah. You want the wide receiver? I mean, you guys keep trying to guess everybody. It's Paris Campbell, the quick yeah, dude. Yeah, There's another guy. Yeah, sure. And the guy we've seen, what, four games from? It's oh, just, no, of course. Yeah, this is a giant question mark right now. Zach Pascal yeah. is still ahead in front of him. Oh, to you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and, and Frank, I'm sure, you know, Frank Reich is a genius. I, I get behind him. Like, I love his play calling. There's a connection there as, as we talk about Joe Brady and, and Bridgewater and, in, in, uh, New Orleans in 2014, I believe he was the OC with the, with the Chargers of San Diego at the time. So there's, he knows Rivers and he probably knows what he's, he's getting himself into, but he's just not the same guy anymore. And if he can only throw 23 touchdowns with those weapons around him in LA, I mean, it's hard for me to get excited about this offense. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I, I think there's a really good chance that the, the Colts are going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Everybody's mocking them, you know, either Judy or, or Lamb or, um, well, they just gave up their period. first round pick. I mean, they just gave <laughs> up uh, the 13th overall pick. The Colts. That's true. That's yeah. true. So, so, so with, yeah. So it be in the second round then, like they, they basically given up on a young quarterback then at that point. Cause that was another thing that I, I saw a lot of people mocking them in the first. So, um, if they're, if they're doing that, then yeah, I mean, I think Zach Pascal even, it, you know, gets a little bump, even though it's, you're, you're digging deep into the depth chart here because they're probably are going to bring somebody in, a, you know, they could get Denzel Mims maybe in the second round. Um, that would be, you know, really intriguing at that point because he's kind of like a Mike Williams type player. So, um, Ooh, you know, I, I don't know. It, I, this off season. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we, uh, you know, I, but I, I do think, I do think this is a bump for Colts players, but not a huge bump because I, they were, it was really kind of ugly a lot of times with Brissett last year. Um, I want, I, I do think it bumps him a little bit, but I'm still a little leery except for, like I mentioned, Naheem Hines, you can get him 17th, 18th round right now. I, I would love to take a shot on that upside because if he turns into the Austin Eckler type role, then it, it could be, you know, it could be super productive because he's, he's, you know, pretty quick. Or maybe Mac learns how to catch. 
Uh, well, not necessarily mm. learns, just it, it gets know. a few more targets. Uh, well, he's basically Jordan Howard. He's not amazing. But he's got to get a few more targets. Yeah, he can get a handful more. Think. But I think the real interesting thing is Naeem Hines, or, I mean, Naeem Hines as of now. I mean, there's nothing to say that these Colts might surprise us and what if they draft like a fifth-round, sixth-round pass catcher. This, I always keep throwing this out because this draft is so ridiculously crazy that, I mean, you could – that's why I really don't think some of these vets are going to sign for a long time running back-wise, and a lot of them are going to be left without a job, and I think other ones are going to be surprisingly potentially cut uh, just because of how deep this Same thing with wide receivers. I think you're going to see some wide receiver names by the time we get to preseason. and going to be like, wow, I can't believe this guy either doesn't have a job or isn't on a team. But let's talk about the biggest news from yesterday, <laughs> the one that shocked the world and everybody wanted to go check on the health of Bob mentally because <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. Well, so Let's hold on. Let's get to, let's backtrack a little bit here. The announcement initially came out that David Johnson was headed to the Texans, which initially everybody was like, "We're okay, whatever." I guess he found a sucker to trade David Johnson, and we hear that it's not just David Johnson; it's David Johnson and picks for DeAndre Hopkins and a pick back, and they're absorbing all of David Johnson's contract. Not to mention, let's go ahead and throw him into the conversation here now. They signed Randall Cobb later on to replace DeAndre Hopkins, which now they owe more to David Johnson and Randall Cobb and guaranteed money by a decent amount than they were going to owe DeAndre Hopkins because, Chris, the entire argument for people trying to say what Bill O'Brien was thinking, like trying their best to give him reasons, was saying he still had three more years on his contract. He wanted to redo his deal. It's a lot of guaranteed money. They're going to have to lock up Deshaun Watson. Well, guess what? I don't think you're locking up Deshaun Watson because I think he wants the freaking hell out of there now because of what you just did. Yeah, no doubt. I can't wrap my head around this one. This is this is certainly mind-boggling what the Texans have done over the past couple of years. I mean, trading – what did they trade? Two first-round picks this time last year for Tunsil and Stills. I know they got a couple picks back from Miami. Um, they've they've cleared out Hopkins and Clowney over the past two years. They got no first round picks in return. They've taken on that D Day contract, which to your point, making more money than Hopkins. You find a way to make it work with Hopkins. And if you are gonna sell, I mean, there's no way that they shopped him because you see Diggs go later on and go for first. We've seen multiple I know it's a different time period, but I mean Percy Harvin, Roy Williams, Keyshawn Johnson, Brennan Cooks got traded for two firsts on two different occasions. Odell Beckham Jr., what'd he go last year? A first, a second, a starting safety is a former first. Like this is just it's ludicrous. It's crazy. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And I don't I don't I I'll I'll probably never be able to wrap my head around it if you are really going to rebuild and throw in the towel you better get some picks for and i know things are different than other sports but i try to compare it to other sports i mean when mookie just got traded like top tiers like you better get something in return and this is this was not good enough yeah i i would i agree with that and the one thing this tells me is they are 100 percent firm believers that david johnson can be an elite running back still because otherwise you cannot make this trade like there's no way but they have to believe that that's and you know whatever i don't i don't agree with them but there's no way you make this trade if you don't believe that because there had to be if they would have called the bills and said hey you give us a first for deandre hopkins the bills would have said yes and so at that point then if it to to know that that's potentially out there then i think they just they just firmly believe that david johnson is is going to be back and ready to go this year they have no idea what they're doing jake i mean they traded for duke last year they didn't use him carlos Hyde just had a thousand yards he was cheap like is there any real need for david johnson i mean come on it's, no, it's crazy well, to me 
it goes back to what I said about AJ Green. David Johnson, now for fantasy purposes, I want him as an RB3 because he still has RB1 talent. If he – anything like that. Like, you watched him play last year, and if it is true just an injury and he was never 100% last year, okay, fine. Maybe he can still get back to – 90% of the David Johnson we used to know, and 90% David Johnson of what we used to know is still in the RB1 conversation, but that's what it is. It's like RB1 use, RB1 talent, RB1 actual production, if he's healthy enough. I guess those are all within the realm of possibilities, but I don't want him as more than an RB3 in my fantasy league. And what did I say before? Same thing with A.J. Green. Somebody, if they see him practicing and see him playing and he looks spry and all that type of somebody's going to take him at least as an RB2, Chris. Yeah, for sure. And there was a, there was a definite buzz immediately when we heard that Hopkins wasn't going the other way with DJ. Oh, DJ in that offense. I mean, oh, you know, top 10 to RB1 upside to your point because of his usage through the air. I mean, 36 grabs last year, one year, obviously we know it's, it seems like forever ago in 2016, he caught 80 balls, 50 last year, but 3.7 yards per attempt last year, 3.6 the year before that. I don't know what they expect from from David Johnson. I, yeah, if RB3, sure, if he can get him there. But I don't feel great about him being being my RB2. I think if you're if you draft David Johnson, you're going to have some issues on your hands, some headaches. It's just it's just going to happen. There's going to be games where he's just unfortunately not going to be fully healthy. Crazy. And I mean, and to think what Diggs went after. Diggs hours later fetched all that in return. It, it's I'm I'm just my mind is blown with this trade. Yeah, I, I, and I completely agree, but also think about, we, we would have never thought Carlos Hyde would have been a top, you know, top 20 back last year either. And they, they're basically keeping their offensive line intact. The, the rest of the offense outside of, of Hopkins is, is still there. They've got to bring in another top receiver at some point, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's whatever. They don't have a first round pick, but, um, they're, they're going to bring in somebody to play opposite Will Fuller. And, the, and in reality, they need to bring in somebody to, play behind Will Fuller because we know he's not playing 16 games. So, but, but even with that being the case, as Hyde was a top running back last year, I still think there's a chance that David Johnson could at least do what Hyde did if, if given the opportunity. Cause I don't, I, there's no way I would pick Hyde over Johnson right now. Yeah. I mean, as I agree today, with that. Or just as a player. Just as a player, straight up, like you put those two in a vacuum and say, pick one, then I give me David Johnson for sure. I don't okay. think he'll get a thousand yards on the ground, but I would I would agree with that. I would take David Johnson for the upside, just because you could yeah, find. I, for sure. I think yeah, find a Carlos Hyde any given day of the week. But all right, so on the DeAndre Hopkins side of things, now that he's with Arizona, this has ripple effect, of course, this entire team. DeAndre Hopkins. So here, here's 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 what we're gonna do, Brad. We're gonna go down the list here. DeAndre Hopkins is he still top three? Because the debate that I got into, so look, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams, whatever, you want to put them one and two, one, two, three, you put Hopkins three, whatever it might. Is he in that group or does he fall down to the group of Julio Jones and uh, who else, like the Cups and the Allens? Does he end up in that group because he's now with the team? So that's the first question. The second question is, before we get to the ancillary pieces, let's just focus on him and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray now, because I will give you my answer first. I have DeAndre Hopkins at three behind those two, still in that top three and still in that tier. And I think Kyler Murray is now in the top five, and I would draft him before I drafted Sean Watson. Yeah, I would. I think this is elite wheels up for, for Kyler Murray. Um, I'm good with Hopkins at probably... 
right around the the four is I think is where I'd put him. I'd put Michael Thomas ahead of him. I put Devonte Adams ahead of him. Um, it'd be a debate for me with him and Julio. Um, I the biggest thing for me with Julio is he's got chemistry with his quarterback and and Hopkins. It's going to take a little a little time. I think he's still got a young quarterback who's developing, who I love, but. Um, I would probably, I would probably take Julio over Hopkins. Um, Godwin to me is still potentially in that conversation, depending on who ends up the quarterback there. If it ends up being Brady, I'm going to drop Godwin a little bit lower, just, just out of the, the lack of upside there. Um, but yeah, he's right, right in that conversation still for me. Um, I think this really elevates Christian Kirk and because now he does not have to be the number one. He is, is, like profiled to be a, a number two. You put Fitzgerald in the slot again. I think Christian Kirk now has immense upside in the seventh, eighth round because he could be a thousand yard receiver in this offense when he's not having to face top coverage. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think you'll see Kirk actually, um, I don't know if people will reach on him, but I can see him going higher than the seventh, eighth round. Cause I, I think this, well, I want to save well. him since Brad just went and jumped in. Yeah. Brad just kind of <laughs> went in there. Um, That's what I'm best I, at. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, Jake. I, uh, for, for Kyler, I'd rather him than, than, uh, Watson for sure. Hopkins, um, three at best. Thomas and Adams will I'll definitely have them ahead. Um, yeah, Brad brings up a point with Jameis. If Jameis is the quarterback in Tampa still, I'm, I'm considering Chris Godwin there because I could definitely see a scenario where Godwin gets more targets and more catches than than Hopkins. So I'll put him at three right now, but he, but I want to see what happens in Tampa. And Julio, I can make the case for Julio. And even Tyree Kill, man, like Tyree Kill there at, at three or four is, is interesting. So I think this is, yeah, it's great for Kyler. It's great for Arizona in the offense. They just landed arguably the best wide in football. But I, I can't see Hopkins having those big seasons that he had just maybe not last year or year before. 163 targets, 174, 192 in 2015. That's not happening. No, but last year in a down year for 150. And he's so solid. Yeah, and, it's, and the thing is, Kyler Murray has a great arm that people don't realize. If anything, the biggest concern of Kyler Murray was the short and intermediate because he couldn't see because he's too short and all that stuff. But he's got the arm. So I'm 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 in on Hopkins. I think, yeah, the only one that I could see bumping him out of the top three, I'll take him over Julio, is the Chris Godwin if Jameis Winston is, is back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll, let's talk about Kirk because I disagree with you guys, and you know how much I love Kirk. You guys know how much I campaigned for him coming out of college and the fact that people just assume things about him. My problem is not Kirk. My problem is not the fact that this is going to give him lesser coverage and all that type of stuff. My problem is I don't see him getting more than 108 targets. He had 108 in 13 games last year with a bunch of nothing, including a washed-up Larry Fitzgerald. Washed-up Larry Fitzgerald's back for another year. Andy Isabella's going to be out there, and I know they run a lot of four-wide, and this is Cliff Kingsbury, but I just don't see... Where are you getting, what, 20 more targets, 30 more targets to push him up into wide receiver two? He didn't even finish as a wide receiver three last year, and that's my problem. It's not playing 16 games. He played 13. Oh, he's got to play 16 games, and he's right there. I, no, that's what I'm saying. I still don't see him getting more than 108 targets. You don't bring in DeAndre Hopkins and see more targets. Yeah, I, I, to me, you do because he's going to be open more. He's, he's, he's not facing cornerback one, ones anymore. Um, and and not only that, but there's a Tom good Murray chance Hopkins is 540 times last year. Yeah, and and disperse the ball around to four wide receivers all the time. Like it, it, there were there were targets galore for these guys. It was spread out. I think they get condensed a little more now because they they legit have a, a perfect setup in the offense with two outside they wide receivers. No, 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 they weren't. They spread out that much. It was 109 and 108 between Kirk and Fitzgerald. That's where the majority of it went. 
That's I, what I'm saying. And maybe so. I, I, I'm just, I just think, I think there is a, a chance that he ends up throwing the ball over 600 times this year. And I think oh, there's no a way. chance that I will take the under on that a million times out of a million, a thousand times out of a thousand. There's no way. You don't think I'll they're going to potentially bet. trust him a little bit more? No, like because they, the team's going to be better too. They're not going to be playing. They were playing so much pass happy. We're playing from behind. Like there's, there's, there's no way. I'll take the under. Like right now, I'll do. I'll happily do it right now. There's no way he throws 600 times next year. Dollar bet. He yeah, runs I mean, too I, much on top of it. I'm saying there's upside up to 600. I would. I'll give you 575 as an over under dollar bet. No, you said 600. <laughs> I, because I think that's what it could get to. I'm not saying that's what I'm predicting, but I think there's a chance that he could, he could get to 600. So point being, fine. Dollar no, bet. 600, 600 pass attempts. No, no. Uh, so let's, let's, and a thousand no, yards in the ground. No, let's work this out. That's 60 more. So if he completes around 60, percent that's 35 like, that's four more, more completions. No, but we'll say it's 35 more completions. So you know, round it up two, two and a half, maybe more completions per game. Still, you're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. Your leading wide receiver was 109 targets last year. Unless you're telling me, which is fine if you want to, but that's my point. Unless you're telling me that DeAndre Hopkins is not getting 140 targets last year and he's only going to get 120, which I don't think is – I would bet that as well. I think that's where the difference in opinion is coming from is that if you give 140 to Hopkins, there's not enough left with Fitzgerald, Isabella, and the rest of this team – for to see an improvement of anything more than maybe 120, which would only be 12 more targets. Well, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Fitz Fitz's target, you know, target range dropped down to like 70 or 80. Yeah, I can see um, that too. And potentially open up 40 more targets that way. So um, I don't Isabella know. I I, <laughs> I just I'm I I don't know. Isabella Kelvin Harmon, whoever the fourth receiver is, I don't think they're going to be that relevant anymore because now Hakeem all of a sudden Butler, they have Harmon's an alpha. in Washington. Or, but, sorry, yeah, yeah Hakeem Butler. That's what I meant, but. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they, Isabella I, only had 13, what, 13 targets last year. I'm sure he'll be a little bit more involved, but yeah, you bring in a guy like Hopkins and that's, that I mean, it was like, it was like Demir Bird and, and who was the, yeah. the Johnson kid out of USC? Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, like, yeah, like there, there wasn't, there, those are, are guys, like those guys were getting involved last year because Kirk couldn't get open against number one coverage. Now he's, now you've got Hopkins who will get open against number They're one still coverage. Get and targets. have Kirk on the other side. I, not a lot. That there's, I just, I don't know. <laughs> you I know think it's going to be a lot more centralized on top, the Key, top three Keyshawn guys. Keyshawn only had 42 targets last year. Bird only had 46. It wasn't like they were like taking that much away. But all That's those guys will, will drop those down. Two guys and Isabella. Yeah, like no. Bird's 46 and Cooper 33. Like these guys will, and and Again, Johnson but, 40. Like those yeah, guys will come it's, down. It's, I see a 120 targets. I see 120 over under 120. Okay, so that's 12 Kirk. more. That's not even one per more. game. Yeah. So they gets into wide receiver three territory, not wide receiver two, which is the entire point for the gang. That's all I'm saying. Did anybody say two? Brad, did you say two? That's, no. It's, I, it's pretty high. I mean, nobody, I, I don't think, think anybody's going to say two. I mean, he may be a little bit more efficient with some of these yeah, targets. Go, point. You run back the tape. Brad, I'm pretty sure you, Brad, you said two off the jump. No, I, I didn't say anything as far as like where I think he'll finish. I do think that, that it, it gives, it gives him a massive ceiling whenever you're able to draft him in the seventh, eighth round. No, because I don't think and, there's going to be any consistency there. You guys can have – this is like – I was in on him for the first two years. You guys can have all the Christian Kirk. I'm not – Well, my change. problem is I just think that, again, with the Kool-Aid drinking here with Arizona, he's going to go before the seventh eighth. Oh, they, see, the Cardinals are going to be this year's Browns. 100%. That's what I said earlier off the top of the show. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just looking at the mock draft, and Christian Kirk went in the seventh round. He went in the seventh round with yeah. Hopkins there. 
But but most people look at it as Hopkins hurts Kirk because targets are gone, just like what Jake is saying. That's I'm saying no, I'm you'll saying be able to get him at least him. in the seventh, if not lower, because he's not the number one receiver on this team that he was being drafted as when he was picked in the seventh round. He's now no, the number two. No, no. It's going to drop him in the drafts. Again, that's not what I'm saying because if you listen to my, what I said and looked at the write-up, I said he's going to be a wide receiver three and mid to low wide receiver three. That's a slight improvement, and that's all he's getting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, I th- and again, the, the yeah, roller I mean, coaster is going to be the problem with it too because it'll be two games of Christian Kirk and then disappear. Why Andy Isabella, Keyshawn Johnson, Demir Bird, and whatever random dude that Cliff Kingsbury throwing out there in their four wide set that Kyler Murray goes to that week decides to go off. That's the problem. Is like where's it going to you know who's it going to be every single week? Hopkins is the only one I want of this offense. And I'll take if everybody's discounting. I'll put it this way. Everybody's discounting Hopkins down to like five or six. I'm going to have all the Hopkins. I'm going to have zero of everybody else. <laughs> yeah, well, I can get behind that too. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't think it helps her Herb's Hopkins. I think he's pretty much a straight across move at this point because they're, right. they're very similar quarterbacks and similar offenses. Right. All right. So let's wrap this up with the few that we talked about Randall Cobb. Uh, like, do we want to get into that with the Houston Texans? I mean, really, it's going to be Randall Cobb. This is put it this way: this is the everybody after Hopkins for the Cardinals are now in the Texans. Stills, Fuller. You know how I feel about Fuller and Cobb. Uh, just pick your poison and avoid all of them, Chris. Yeah, I would agree. If I had to choose one, I think the most consistent guy actually may be Randall Cobb. Cobb is, yeah, yeah, his kind of you know came back from the dead i suppose last year a lot of people thought he was completely done um so he's he's the one consistent guy in that i'll have no shares of anybody else i probably won't even have Cobb to be honest with you yeah that's i i won't have any Cobb. um they're they're definitely going to do they've got to have something else at some point i don't know who it is um but you can't go out there with will fuller and randall Cobb as your two starting wide receivers if you want to keep like you said if you want to keep watson long term all right so the Cobb we got covered who else do we need to talk about? Let's talk the trades. That's I think we all have left because Jimmy Graham. We don't care. The, no, please don't care about Jimmy Graham. Oh, Austin Hooper <laughs> to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll wrap this one up in a nice little bow, Chris, and see just if you guys disagree with this. Austin Hooper, if Njoku gets off this team, talked about as potentially top five, like fringy top five, like four, five, six, somewhere around there. If Njoku's still around, kind of more of a eight, nine range. Yeah, um, I can't imagine Joku being there, but who knows? Yeah, I, I, top five upside for sure. Hooper is an absolute stud. He's a beast, but there's all of a sudden a lot of guys around in that offense, and they do want to run the football there. But for the well, tight end position, well, I can't. Here, I'll give you. That. I'll give you the thing to feel good about. Uh, for Njoku's like seven targets, whatever he had. Ricky Seals Jones, all the random Browns tight ends that they have, and of course he's not going to see a hundred percent of them. But you'll get my point here in a second. Tight ends accounted for 21.7% of targets last year from Baker Mayfield. Hooper got 19.8 from Ryan when he played. So 2% difference nice. for all the extraneous pieces, and it's basically about the same. Yeah. I mean, you know, probably if you're a Beckham owner, I know they're probably, oh, another guy there. But, I mean, this may, as much as we just talked about, you know, with Kirk and things opening up, I mean, less coverage for Beckham. There's a lot of times where he uses triple coverage and Baker is trying to find a way to get him the ball. This offense should have no problem scoring points. So, so I, I don't think Njoku is going anywhere. And the, the main reason is because Stefanski in, in Minnesota last year used two tight end sets all the time. He wants two athletic tight ends. He had Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith last year. He wanted to bring in somebody to be able to continue doing that in his offense. It, I, I, I like 
Hooper, but I think this actually is a, is a step back for him from, you know, from a fantasy standpoint. And the big move for me was when the Falcons then traded for Hayden Hurst, because if Hayden Hurst slots into the, the Austin Hooper role, and you're We're talking athletic there. freak as a tight end, it's all related it's though, because it, you're, I, I, I think Hayden Hurst's ceiling is higher than Austin Hooper's. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. Um, I get the landing spot and, you know, he'll get a boost in targets, but I, I'm not ready to compare the two and say that Hurst has a, has a higher ceiling just because, you know, he's going to be alone now. It's obviously a win for him, right? He gets out of the shadow of all the Ravens tight ends, but his ceiling is not as high as Austin Hooper's. There's no, there's, I'd I actually think there is if Njoku is still in Cleveland. That's why. Uh, so I'll agree with that because for last year, Hayden Hurst only had 40 targets, 30, 349, and 2. So even if you just give him 80 at that rate, hell, give him 90. Say he's not that successful. 60, 705, guess what? That's tight end 8 last year. So yeah. that's where I'll that's say – that could, that could definitely be what better stats than what Hooper puts up this year in Cleveland. Right, and that's what I'm saying. So, so it's, a, I'll it's agree a with possibility. Yeah. If Njoku doesn't go anywhere and it's the two tight end sets and it's everything else involved with the Cleveland Browns, <clears> I'll say Hurst – I would rather have Hurst on the Falcons by himself than the potential split with Njoku and Cleveland Brown. Yeah, I, I, I see that too, and I and I agree with that, but I just don't feel like – like I guess I misread what Brad was saying. I don't feel like Hurst is going to be able to put up Hooper. <laughs> yeah, misread. <laughs> I don't feel like uh, – it's been a long couple weeks, okay? I don't feel like um, Hurst is going to be able to put up Hooper numbers like what he did in Atlanta. I don't I don't see him getting – oh, That's fair. Okay, so he's, he doesn't have the ceiling from last year. I, okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. All right, so yeah, that, numbers. I'm just talking about 2020. Yeah. Okay. Then let's close it out with near your neck of the woods, north of the border, almost, in Buffalo. Stefan Diggs <clears throat> kept saying he was going to get traded, kept saying he was tired of everything. And look, finally happened. I, like, I did Pat's show yesterday, Chris, and said, I think Stefan Diggs plays for the Vikings. Well, that did not work out well. Because one of the things, as I said, is the Vikings actually moved themselves from negative cap to positive cap up to like 14 or $15 million. So I was like, oh, they don't have to do it now. And why would you get rid of Diggs for a talent like that? Well, they got a first rounder and plus out of it. But even that being said, even all the draft prospects here, we know who Diggs is versus, yeah, we have a lot of talent, but we've seen a lot of talent in drafts before, and that doesn't necessarily own, you know, put it this way. Go back to the Watkins, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, like whatever. Let's take Watkins side by side with Stefan Diggs. If you knew you're getting Watkins, wouldn't you rather have Diggs just because of the inconsistency and in the injury? So you just never know. But in any case, the point being, Stefan Diggs is now with the Bills. Yeah. Well, so I say that because your initial reaction is yay for the team, but yeah. boo for Stefan Diggs because Josh Allen's accuracy. You want the quick comparison? Well, he's going from 69 completion percentage to 58.8, and he's going from 3,600 yards and 26 touchdowns to 30,000 3,020 3, touchdowns. Granted, Josh Allen can still improve, but he's not going to get to Kirk Cousins' level. And the biggest problem here is, yes, this is good for Josh Allen. Yes, Josh Allen is cemented inside the top 10, and this is only good things. But it's not good for Stefan Diggs for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, like, you look at the game log and you see the stretch where he had four of his five games with at least 108 yards, and there were games 143, 143, 167. I don't see too many of those games. Uh, with the Bills. Uh, but yeah, this is a great move for Buffalo. You guys know I'm a big fan of the Bills and the direction that they've been going over the past couple of years. Their defense is nasty, and last year bringing in Brown and Beasley saw at least a, 
a, a little step forward from Allen, but he's still very inaccurate to your point, Jake. And I know five of Diggs' six touchdowns last season were a lease of 21 yards. So that deep ball is not there. You see some tweets yesterday, Diggs sideline overthrown. You know, you, you see, <laughs> Did you see with, the guy the, throwing the golf frisbee? The frisbee golf, golf thing? Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I'm going to be looking he, for it. He winds up the throw it down the course and throws it over the highway to the right. And you hear the dude in the background go, what the f- Dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our game that came away last year, right? He's going to grow as a quarterback. I still believe in him. I'm still going to like him from a fantasy standpoint. This will boost him up, I suppose, maybe a couple picks, but I don't even know if people really like Allen, but we like him here from on the field. Well, here's the comparison I gave to his own number in the breakdown uh, to add to that real quick, Chris, and then Brad jump in. So Cole Beasley last year, 105 targets, 67 receptions, 788 yards and six touchdowns. Diggs, 93 targets. 63 receptions, 1,130 yards on those 63 versus 778, and six touchdowns. The problem is, it's not that I don't think Diggs can do what he did, but it would take the year before, because Diggs has been two different receivers the past two years. The year before, Diggs had 149 targets for 102 receptions and fewer yards, 1,021 and nine touchdowns. So, that's where I'm going with this, Chris, is the fact that, yeah, Diggs could still be Diggs if he got 140, 150 targets, but you know who the leader was last year? 115 for John Brown. There is no way on earth that Diggs gets 140 targets. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. I and mean, you're talking <clears throat> about being like a wide receiver one. I won't draft him as, as one. I just, or it's not two. a great high end. Yeah, it's not a, take him as a, it's low not a great, two. yeah, it's not a great landing spot, but I mean, the, and now the Bills John Brown's like a three, four and Cole Beasley. Sorry. That was fun for you for one year. Yeah, it was. But good on the Bills, man. This this could potentially be their division. The Pats have lost a lot of people over the past couple of days. Bring in Tom Brady. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think this is a little bit of a fancy hit for Diggs. Diggs is a guy that I wouldn't <clears throat> I don't I've I've never really touched on any of my teams anyways. The cost is always too high. He's a lot like Amari Cooper to me, where he will just vanish in a lot of games. And yeah, he put together a few more good games. Um, but not from a touchdown perspective. He's, you know, he's, he, he had six touchdowns last year and three were in one game, um, against the Eagles, you know, torn down secondary, Sarah. So I, it, he's not a red zone threat. It, we've already seen in the red zone, Josh Allen prefers to call his own number a lot of times. Um, it's going to have to be deeper touchdowns and that's not really his game. It, that's a perfect John Brown game. Um, but I, I think Diggs is, is there to, to help steal some coverage. Um, but I think his fantasy hits will, t- or fantasy numbers will take a hit. Just saw the Frisbee video. Classic. Yeah, see? That's pretty much you what know, we have to potentially deal with there. Uh, as we get out of here, uh, the latest on Tom Brady is that they spoke on Monday, the Buccaneers, uh, that, that didn't continue into today, and that's where things stand as of right now. So the Buccaneers are reportedly waiting on Tom Brady before anything else, which, again, kind of makes me feel like we might still see Jameis Winston. Then we might be having that Chris Godwin conversation on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but hey, Brady's got to go to the Chargers at that point, right? If if that's where I, mean, I think he should go. Yeah, actually, but. for fantasy purposes, that happens. Then hopefully, James Winston ends up with the Chargers, and then we're happy about them instead. So because we're going to be sad about you know Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, probably more Mike Evans. But we'll talk about that on Thursday if we have news, if we have a report, if we find out by then. Until then. You can continue to tweet us, and we'll talk about it. You can jump into the conversation, the free agency tracker, leave a comment, just talk, 
ask a question, whatever. We've got plenty of time to answer all of them at Chris Meany for Chris, at Brad Ziegler for Brad, at All In Kid for myself. Like I said, go check out the article. We'll be back on Thursday. Let us know if there's any like ancillary pieces that we didn't talk about that you might care about. You know, somebody brought up like, well, what about Sony Michelle now with a new quarterback and who the quarterback might be? Like, if you got those kind of questions, let us know and we'll throw it in. We'll maybe do like a little bit mailbag segment on Thursday. We'll see. Who knows? We'll come back and we'll have the show. Yes, Chris likes it. I don't care. Goodbye.